It's a process that helps you see, and it's a process that helps you organize and manage the business. You need to know where you're going, because if you don't know where you're going, IVP is not going to get you there. It's those kind of moments that keep me going, is that once the business starts to, to see. Welcome to the Supply Chain Show, featuring compelling interviews with remarkable supply chain leaders. Listen in as our guests share their insights on today's supply chain challenges. I'm your host, Crystal Lee, a principal consultant with Oliver White, teaching companies to transform their business, achieve mind-blowing financial results, and dramatically improve the lives of their employees. Today as our guest, we have Debbie Clymer, Global Integrated Business Planning Director at Cummins. Thanks for taking the time to be here with us today, Debbie. Let's get started by having you share a quick introduction. So yeah, so I've I've been with Cummins for 21 years, about 10 of those years, most about 10 years on IVP in um, you know running the process. So a lot of experience in on deploying IVP, running IVP, trying to make it pragmatic and making it work within the organization, and um, have a a long list of what works, what doesn't work, and how to fix it and how to bring it along and 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 drive that has been I'm doing this for for almost 10 years now I think it's been wow and how do your friends and family describe what you do do they know do they do they understand well you know my my family you know is in a completely different industry so when they they look at IBP and they all they know is that it's related to supply chain so um, today, you know, with all the supply chain issues, they I get a lot. Well, they need IVP, and I'm like, yes, they probably do need IVP. <laughs> uh, you know, that's probably they probably have these supply chain issues for a whole lot of other reasons, but but they probably do need IVP. But that that's how they associate it. It's funny how supply chain really has come into mainstream understanding just in the last yes. years. I've had several guests talk about that same experience where their families didn't know what they did. And all of a sudden they see supply chain on TV, all of their family and friends, all of a sudden are experts. And they think and that, that that's all yeah. they do. Yeah. yeah, that's how it is. And so every time they hear supply chain, my brother's like, hey, they need IVP. And I'm like, yes, they probably do need IVP. <laughs> yes. Well, I think all of us in supply chain, all the leaders I meet with, all of my colleagues, all of the folks like yourself that are working in this environment, um, it's been a busy couple of years. We've dealt with a lot of disruptions. Most supply chains are dealing with some level of disruption, um, either good or bad, um, and sort of in both directions, but um, we're all working very hard. So what do you do to get refreshed and get inspired and really be your best self to help your organization through these challenges. Making time for yourself and, and having the, the time out, whether that's through exercises or reading a, a good book or, or having some mechanism to, to download. And for me, it's just, you know, if the weather's good, you know, a long walk with some headphones and listen to music and just kind of tune out and, 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 think things through and kind of put things into perspective that that's what I do on it to decompress you need to have some decompress time and that's that's how I my I cope during situations like this if we were to grab your playlist Debbie what kind of music would we see oh it'd be it would be all over the plot uh, you would see you just see stuff from you'd see you might see Everclear from the 90s and you might see uh, Ava Maria from opera you know you, you're just never going to know 
what um, is going to be on my playlist. It's gonna, it's on a shuffle. And so, you know, I, I might have Casey and the Sunshine Band and then <laughs> one might be Elton John and then the next one might be, you know, um, you know, Pink or something, you know. So it's it's such an eclectic view of, of music on my playlist. So it's hard to say what you find me listening to. And what about books? You mentioned reading books to decompress. What would we find if we came and sat and had a coffee in person? You know, we're obviously recording this virtually today, but because uh, of the new way that we work. But if we were meeting over coffee at your house, what kind of books would I see on the coffee table? Well, I think that my, my choice in reading is kind of um, mirrored with my, my choice and selection of music. You might find a variety of different things, anything from mystery to, um, you know, uh, you know, fictional mysteries or that type of thing and, and to nonfiction type of related um, history and um, even even dabble in some political stuff. You know, I'll, I'll touch all of the gamut. It just depends on you know, what I feel like picking up at the moment. But yeah, so I think my choice in books might be just as eclectic as my my reading selection. That's great. Debbie, oftentimes leaders have really stand out or marquee transformations that they've been a part of. And they oftentimes love telling these stories. I love asking this question because uh, leaders do get really passionate about the experiences that they've had, especially when it comes to transforming organizations and impacting jobs and people in the most positive way, do you have a change like this that you've led or been a part of? Um, and you know, one that's really left an impact on you. And if you do, can you tell us about it? Yeah. I, I you know, I mean, as you know, anytime you're involved in any type of integration or, or implementation of IBP, you're going through some massive transformation type of work. And, and not just from the mechanics of it, but from the, the behavior aspect of, of making those types of changes is and, and being part of that. And, and so I, I think the first time I went through an IBP deployment, which is a, a, a transformation, it, it, you don't know what you don't know. So you, you, you have a less chance of being able to predict what's going to happen. And um, you, you kind of are feeling your way through it. And so the first um, IVP deployment was a bit on the clunky side for me because it was kind of like, you know, you, you learn by trial and error. Well, okay, that didn't work. Let's try this. No, well, that didn't work. Let's try this. And okay, that didn't work. But, but after several, you know, um, deployments after that, you get to the point where it becomes more routine, more habitual. It's like, okay, I know what to look for. I know what's going to go right. I know what's going to go wrong. I can predict what's going to happen. And here's the things that I need to focus on. And and you can drive that through. The transformations that are exciting for me is watching people see it actually start to work. And when the light bulbs start to go on, oh, I get it now. I understand what it is that you're trying to drive. It makes sense. And for some businesses, that happens fairly quickly. And some businesses, that takes a year or two. And so um, I think that there's been some highlights and some points where I thought, okay, I, I actually have arrived. I made it, you know, and it was, you know, getting, you know, for, for me in my first deployment, getting finance to actually want to own the IR stuff, which took me a year. Um, and um, once they realize the value, you bring the information together and you put it together and you're looking at the a, a three-year PL and you're trying to talk through all the all of the 
the ins and outs of, of optimizing over three-year horizon, which is new <laughs> for a lot of businesses, and, and then have them walk away saying, oh, I need to own this, <laughs> is, a, is a highlight. No, is a, is a highlight. No. Um, and so for me, it's, it's those kind of moments that keep me going, is that once the business starts to, to see and, and so what I enjoy is helping businesses see what IVP can bring to their organization. And so that's what keeps me going. That's awesome. It, it brings back so many memories. So Debbie, of course, you know, you and I have partnered on this type of work before, back when I was in industry. And I, I think of individuals that made that change journey that you describe and you're right. It's so memorable when the light bulb goes on and a senior leader who is desperate for control of their business, predictability, insights, understanding, better decision making, finally gets their hands on something in the process that gives them that. I think that's so memorable and uh, so much more than just the process itself. You know, you look back on um, all the implementations and um it is, it is about those moments with the people. So that's excellent. When you think back, what, what are some of the things that you wish you would have known before you started this journey? So you've been on it for a while now and you're almost a, a decade, you said, working in this space. So, you know, tell us what's something you wish you would have known coming into it? The strategy piece of it that, um, you know, it seems as though the deployment when we started focused more on the mechanics of it. And um, it's, it's almost like if you if you put the process in place, it will come, but it doesn't come, you know. And so, just putting the the motions in and the mechanics of it doesn't necessarily change the behavior. And so, if you when you what I wish I had known back then, which which helps me in in subsequent deployments, but you know, if that is is that if you can get the the the, the leadership team to understand how IVP is helping them achieve their long-term strategy, as opposed to working on the bottom and just putting the mechanics in. It seems as though we put a lot of emphasis on, if you build it, it will come. It doesn't, you know, and, and it, the behavior doesn't change and, you know, all of these other things. And you see other um, organizations, you've probably seen this in some of the work that you've done at, at Oliver White, people who have this, this, percept, this perception that they can automize or they can have a system that's going to control their IVP process. And anyone who's worked in IVP knows that that's, that's not gonna control your process. You know, it, it, that's the mechanics. It's, it's how do you get the leadership to understand how they're gonna gap close to the long-term strategic objective and, and drive the process forward from that perspective. So I think for me, when um, in the in the early days, in the very beginning, that wasn't so clear. We focused more on the mechanics of the process, get the process in motion, and let's get it working, and then the rest would come. And it, and it really didn't. And so, in subsequent um, deployments, like now, I focus on where are you going. You, you need to know where you're going because if you don't know where you're going, IVP is not going to get you there. If that's not clear on the start, then you you know you're doomed because you know, nothing's going to drive the process. And so, so I, I think in subsequent deployments, I focus on that. Where do you want to go? <laughs> Let's be clear on where you want the organization to go. And, um, and I think that's, that's my, how I would 
do things differently, how I do do things differently today than when I started. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring up the the tools and technology. I've actually had some conversations this week um, with some organizations that are facing that dilemma right now. They know that they need technology improvement. So they know the systems aren't meeting their needs. And the part that makes them quite unique, actually, is that they also know that in order to gain value from technology improvements, they also have to have improvements in people capability and process maturity. Um, So oftentimes I get called when the organization has already tried the technology investment and unfortunately people aren't using it and they call and say, why isn't it working? You know? Um, And to your point, it's about the people. So if we can help the people make that transition first, uh, then they can design the process. Then the tools come in, but tools are the, are the easy answer, you know, and, and sometimes we go there first. So, so excellent. So, so a lot of experience in integrated business planning. I, w- I want to come back to that and um, talk a little bit more about it, but before we go there, so you've got 10 years doing this work, you're really starting to figure it out, making a lot of uh, progress, having a lot of successes. What's still left as the challenge? What's the, the big question mark on your mind right now that you're working on any big challenges or, or gaps that you see, learnings, discoveries that you're working on that you can share with us? Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, there's always challenges. You know, the, the big one is is um, today that we're we're kind of focusing on is supply planning, um, uh, supply planning, and and distinguishing the differences between a demand plan and a supply plan. Um, I think that there's there's a lot of where those terms interchangeably. So depending on who you're talk to, they might say, um, they, they'll say demand plan and, and, and supply plan, or there is no supply plan, and they use the demand plan is the supply plan. And, and, and there's, there's a significant difference between the supply plan and the demand plan, and they don't equal each other. And so um, I think that the challenge is, is that a lot of organizations don't have the capability in the system to craft a long-term supply plan at an aggregate level. They just take the demand plan and the demand plan in a in a, a single level planning system is the demand plan is essentially the supply plan and it flows through. And so you're not having that supply plan created um, in response to the demand plan is, is I think one of our biggest challenges. And so we come up with workarounds to, to kind of figure out how to do this and and without having, in many cases, whether you're using Oracle or you're using SAP or you're using, you know, whatever system, if, if you don't have that IVP module that allows you to do the supply planning piece, you don't have the capability to do that. And so your only option is to do it in Excel outside of the system. And that's, that's a real problem. And particularly, you know, for people who have, a, you know, a lot of a lot of volume and a lot of different SKUs that becomes very problematic. And so whether are they going to do that or they're not going to do that. And so that I think for me, I see is the biggest challenge is making that supply plan distinguishable from the demand plan and really, you know, managing that. I think that's the biggest challenge. Yeah. All right. Let's tap into some of that experience that you've talked about. So with all the disruptions being faced in most supply chains today, Um, Many leaders are considering implementing integrated business planning or maybe upgrading their process. Maybe they have SNOP or SIOP. 
Um, and so they're thinking about these processes as a way to manage the volatility uh, and really gain reliable control of their business. And so, as you said, you've lived this for years now in the process and leading the process. So can you share with us some of the success factors that you've seen? So what should other business leaders keep in mind when they're considering either implementing or upgrading their planning process? For businesses that want to talk about this or, or implement this or, or consider these types of things, I think number one is what problem are you trying to solve? Are you, are you trying to drive a, are you trying to drive to your strategic objective, those along horizons and optimization of your p &L? And I'm not talking about planning and logistics. I'm talking about profit and loss, right? Right. If that's your objective, then yeah, go, you know, okay. But if your objective is, is hey, I just want to uh, align my supply and, and demand and get, you know, on the same page. Those are two very different things. And I think that a lot of times um, businesses or, or organizations, they embark on the journey of IBP, but they really just want that SNOP six month demand supply or uh, practice. And so you, you drive a lot of frustration in the organization because um, you get a lot of things like you, the people that need to be involved in, say, IBP, which is you're talking about finance integration, you're talking about leadership, you're talking about gap closing to where you want to be three years from now and all those types of things. They get frustrated because they think this is a supply chain issue. And they're not really understanding why we're having that conversation. And they're like, why is supply chain telling me how to run the business? And so that's where you end up. So, so the business being really clear what they're signing up for. That an IBP process is really not a supply chain process. It's a it's a business management process that does these things. And if if all the organization wants to sign up for is balancing supply and demand, then maybe a a very six month SNOP process might be more more appropriate. If that's all you're going to sign up for, because if that's what you think is going to happen but you're asking for IBP and you don't want all these other things, you're just going to drive a lot of frustration. And so I think that if somebody wants to be very clear what the organization wants, what is it that, what problem are they trying to solve in order to, to decide which solution is appropriate for that particular problem? So what advice would you give to a leader in that position? They think that they want a certain planning process. How do you get to that insight I might want this, but what I really need is something else. Yeah, I think that um, often it's, it's educating them on the distinguishing differences between the two um, and, and making sure that that's clear. Now, oftentimes, as you probably know, that once you tell them what IVP is, well, I want that too, um, but I also want this. And so, uh, which is fine, but, you know, I think that you know, making sure that it's clearly understood on what IBP is meant to accomplish and what SNOP is meant to accomplish and understanding those distinctions and, and educating them on that. Now, maybe they say, yeah, I, I didn't know what <laughs> that that's what IBP was, but I, I, I totally want what you just said there. And so they'll want the IBP process, which is, which is fine. At least you have an understanding on what it is that they're signing up to do. The challenge is, is that if you if you're looking at something to deploy strategy and or you're looking for something to just balance supply and demand and you're you're signing up for IVP, you, you're you're you might be biting off more than you're really anticipated chewing. And so 
making sure that the organization understands the distinction between what an SNOP um, process is going to do and what an IBP process. I will add, though, that is, a, is an interesting caveat that, you know, the definition of SNOP varies pretty significantly depending on who you talk to. So there's might be some people um, in some forums where they would define SNOP very similar to IBP. And then there are some definitions of SNOP that they would describe it as more of a six month horizon, just balancing supply and demand. And so making sure on um, how we define those things and classify those things is important because I, it, it seems as the language is all over the place in that regard. And, and people's interpretations are very significantly in that space. And I find the language can actually be a barrier. So oftentimes when I'm first working with an organization to tap into exactly what you've said, what is it we really need? I lay aside all the acronyms. And so to your point, language, it, it, can, it can be a distraction and it can be a source of misalignment because people do call one process by one name and then somebody else calls the same process by another name. And so if you sort of park the acronyms for a moment, uh, you're right. There's this difference between the longer term aggregate planning processes that you and I, Debbie, would call integrated business planning, those aggregate processes that connect in and help us deploy our strategy versus the short-term tactical execution processes that are more detailed, more short-term, and that are really coping with the plan and delivering the plan from that other process that we talked about. So of course, yeah. those shorter-term processes um, being you know, more traditionally uh, SNOP or even integrated tactical planning, as we often call it. So I think that's a really important piece of advice that you share there to say, make sure you know what you're really talking about and what you're really signing up for because the journeys are so different. Ultimately, you need both. That's the that's always the challenge too is is which one which one do you go first? So, so you've done this long enough. Um, you know, both of us have and and when you've you've seen this for this long, you've seen the stuff that doesn't work as well, right? You've seen the failures. So, talk to us about that side of things. What causes integrated business planning to go off the rails and be unsuccessful? Number one is not knowing where you're going. So um, one of the things is, is that you, you think about strategy. You know, at most organizations will have a, a strategic planning process that's usually once a year. And um, this is, this is, this is the, I think, the number one challenge in IBP. You have a strategic planning process that happens once a year. And you set that, and then you put it on the shelf, and then you wait till next year and then you pull it out. And so IVP is, is going to, is a process that enables you to maintain and understand whether you're on the trajectory to hit, to hit that long-term plan. If, it, if it's constantly a moving target, then what I found is that gap closing to anything in that annual, that annual strategic planning process doesn't happen because no one's really accountable for hitting that longer term 
target or that, you know, what happened in the strategic planning process. And so it's like, yeah, well, you know, well, we'll fix that next year when we do the planning process and then we won't have that gap next year and then we'll change it. And that kind of defeats the purpose of IBP because IBP is wanting you to make sure that the decisions you're making in the current year are not going to negatively impact your trajectory for your long-term plan. Well, if that long-term plan is going to change every year, then, you know, you're not really being held accountable to that. So that's, that, that is one big problem. Uh, then another big problem in, in the IVP is, is that we way overestimate our supply chain capability. And so our ability to execute plans that, um, you know, I would say that, you know, we, we, we overestimate or we're, we're overly optimistic on what our real capability is. And so sometimes, you know, we think we're great. Oh, well, we're great, you know, and everything's going well. And we were running the plants really well and they execute really well, but they're really not. And they've got a lot of other issues and a lot of problems that, you know, that, that need to be accounted for. And, and so those, those, are big problems that are that which is a big bucket of work to fix and so you know that can you know be a real a real problem in your IVP process or your SNOP process for that matter because your ability to to trust the process to execute to the plans is a significant problem and if you're not realistic in what's real and what what's the real capability is and then you'll you'll drive a lot of frustration. So I think those are the two real big ones that I, I see in the IBP from a failure perspective. So if an organization finds themselves there, Debbie, so they're looking around and they're saying, you know what, this process is not yielding what I need it to, to yield. It's not what I expected. We're not achieving the results. Maybe they're experiencing some of the failure modes that you've talked about. What, what should they do? What would be your advice as a first step to try to turn things around and, and get it back on track? Depending on the failure mode. So, you know, if, if it's the if it's the lack of gap closing to the longer horizon. So let's just say here's here's one, here's a common complaint that you probably get a lot, which is, you know, we really like IBP, but you know, we really just can't get anything outside of one year horizon. You know, we really we're really struggling to get past the one-year horizon. And I know we're supposed to be, you know, at least two years and we're trying to get to three years, but, you know, really we're only focusing on that one-year horizon. What's wrong? What's, why is it not working? And the reason why that's not working is for the failure mode that I just described. The reason why you're stuck in a one-year horizon is because the people in your organization are only accountable to that one-year horizon until they are accountable for the three-year horizon or whatever the duration of your IVP process is, until they actually feel some skin in the game to hit that three-year target, they're not going to really get close to it. And so their, their ambition to look at a three-year view becomes compromised. So that that's number number one. Number two, when you're looking at if the failure mode comes in is, is that the delivery performance is bad or the inventory is, is a problem. And so you'll say, well, you know, I thought IVP was supposed to, you probably heard this a lot, Crystal. Well, IVP because our inventory is still out of control, our delivery performance is still bad, and I thought IVP was supposed to fix all of that, so what's going on? And so a lot of that types of issues, as you look at that foundational, that, that capability that they were supposed to have, well, let's look at your inventory accuracy, how accurate it is, let's look at your order management process, how are you promising orders, let's look at, you know, all of those things, which are not really fun stuff, but, you know, you know, you have to be able to operationalize and execute um, effectively every time. And a lot of times this, and maybe you've seen this in some of your, your consulting work is that, you know, a lot of times 
the um, the scorecards. You know, I, I heard a lot of people who um, will say, you know, I'll get people who ask me questions. You know, well, IBP is about having the right scorecard. No, no, it's not. It's not about the right scorecard. You know, and so you know, it's you know, when you look at that, the measures that go on that one, it doesn't show the trends. You're not seeing any of the, you know. And when you're looking at that scorecard and you're looking at how they craft that data, and and you probably know this. You know, just a measure like delivery, you know, there's a, a, a dozen or so different ways to calculate delivery and none of them are coming from the system. So it's manipulated. And so you have this perpetual driven of fake news out there that really hides the real issues and measures that look bad, like schedule attainment. Well, we don't want to measure that because it looks bad, right? So you don't want to measure. And so being realistic with the real performance and being able to actually really address some of these issues. Now, the, the problem with that is, is that in many organizations, and I think this is one of the, the questions in the, the class A checklist book, you know, for, for you guys, you know, you're all, you're all over my checklist book. Um, one of the questions, and I think it was in one of the first three chapters, it, it talks about uh, capable people. And um, I think that, you know, a lot of times when you go through the assessment, they, they kind of gloss that over. Well, of course, all our people are capable, you know, and of course they are, but really not. If you think about whether or not people actually have the credentials to be there. And a lot of times organizations put people into positions because they need experience in a certain function or they need, you know, kind of, uh, you know, they need to check that box on their resume or that kind of thing. But are they actually credentialed to be in that role as a professional supply chain person. And, 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 and we, we, that's a gap uh, um, and that, that probably you know, needs to be addressed. So I, I think those are some failure modes that I, I think are some big ones that, you would, that they would experience. Thanks, Debbie. That's really good stuff. I really appreciate you sharing your insights uh, with us on this topic. So as we close out today, any final thoughts for us? I think that, um, you know, from a, the, the IVP process, you know, my, my perspective on it, just to, call, to kind of close you out here is, is that, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a process that helps you see, and it's a process that helps you organize and manage the business. Um, uh, one of the, the things that I enjoy about the, the job, I enjoy this role, is, is seeing that transition from enlightenment, you know, um, you know, when somebody, when one of the business leaders, you know, which we experienced at Cummins and it's just like, you know, is this emphatic, you know, when I look at some of the deployments at Cummins and the, the leaders, there is no turning it off. It is, there is no shutting it down. Um, this is how we run the business. Um, and so there is no distinction. And, and I remember in the early Oliver White days, you know, when we, um, when Oliver White was coming in and talking to us about these things and they would bring people in and they would have somebody in there and say, well, we don't think about IBP anymore. It's just how we run the business. And I know at the time we were like, oh my gosh, we're so far away from that, but you know, we're there. And now it's, it's, you can't turn it off. It is, it's, it's such a cadence that it's routine and it's now part of, the, it's part of our DNA and it's how we run the business. And so is it perfect? No, but um, is, is there challenges? Yes, challenges still continue, but it's, it's definitely how the business works. And um, from that, um, I, I, I declare success, so yay. <laughs> Well, congratulations, Debbie, to you and to the entire team at Cummins. It's such an incredible story. 
I know that there are literally hundreds. I know firsthand there are literally hundreds of people that have contributed to that journey over the last 10 years. So congratulations to you and the team. It's absolutely a delight to talk to you today and to hear about your experiences. Well, thanks for having me. It's been fun. Thanks for listening to The Supply Chain Show. If you like the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and wherever you stream your content. If you want to know more, check out my website, crystallee.net. Until next time.